Welcome to Not the Worst Pastors Podcast with my dad, Matt, and his friend, James, talking about real relevant things and sharing feelings. Welcome to Not the Worst Pastors Wives Podcast. This is James Gomez coming to you from Sturgeon Bay, Wisconsin, and Matt Coins coming to you from Manton, Michigan. And we're on part three of hearing from our wives, Michelle and Brittany, and they'll be talking about mental health. I have really enjoyed introducing these little snippets, but I really have, I'm enjoying hearing from them as well. Uh, I hope our listeners are, um, and we're going to turn it over to them. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. And I think it's funny you kept saying, I'm oddly okay with it because (laughs) it's not odd to me because I'm absolutely okay with it because the position I have now taken with my mental health struggle is one of he will work all things together for my good and to give him glory. And there are so many people who struggle with this, even in my own home, that I have really started to look at it as a gift. It is a burden and it is something that I fight with all day, every day. One of my favorite things to say if you are a Marvel fan listening is there's a scene in the Avengers movie where they're talking to the Incredible Hulk and they're, but he's Bruce Banner at that point and they're trying to figure out how he can control the monster, how he controls the anger. And he says, that's my trick at the end. He says, I'm always angry. That has been such a tool for me in controlling my anxiety is to just say, I'm always anxious. That is how I control it because it is so much a part of every aspect of who I am. Every moment of my day, whether it is a mountaintop, super, we are having a great day. Everybody's in a good space. We're all healthy. We're all well. I'm anxious. It's a really bad day. Everybody here is sick. You know, things are breaking. Life seems bad. I'm anxious. It doesn't matter. Every single day, I am anxious. And I am fully accepting that It is a gift in many ways to me because I have found that it makes me much more empathetic. I can show much more compassion to people who are struggling with their own mental health issues, even when they don't look like mine. I am a better parent to both of my daughters because I see them differently because of my anxiety. I am a better ministry leader because when everybody says, let's do these great things and greet people and make them feel welcome. And I'm like, don't you dare do that to someone. Let them be. You are going to freak them out and ruin their experience. They're not ever going to hear the gospel because they're going to be like, these wackos made me feel so uncomfortable. (laughs) It has changed so many parts of me for the good. And when I am in a good healthy mental space and I am properly medicated and I am properly following my self-care. And I do want to circle back just a little bit. I know we've been talking for a long time, but it's Pastors Wives Unleashed. Yes. You guys made a mistake letting (laughs) us get these microphones. Um, (laughs) There is such a, a, a 
I think James used it earlier this week in something, the zeitgeist of this time is, uh, you know, so the, the sign of the times is really selfish in, in my view in many things. It is do what makes you happy. And as a follower of Christ, I need to do what makes me holy. And there is a fine line between self-care and selfish. It is okay to say I'm in a bad mental space right now because I'm having a sensory processing overload and you've got the TV on and you're listening to music, you're on your tablet, you're trying to have a conversation with me, I'm running water to wash the dishes, I'm completely overwhelmed and that kicks my anxiety up and I cannot properly parent you right now to say I need quiet, turn the water off, retreat a little bit and be a better, more present parent, wife, friend daughter, any of those things, that is self-care. It is selfish to say, you're all going to do whatever you want to do, and I'm going to go do what makes me happy. So I think that we have to be careful in our culture as followers of Christ who also struggle with some mental health issues because we do need self-care or we cannot properly function. Every day is hard enough and is a big enough struggle. But We have to be careful not to seek what is best for ourselves. We want to seek what is best for the kingdom and how to glorify God in the decisions that we make. So when we get to a point in our self-care that we are being selfish, you are no longer giving glory and honor to the Lord for what he has brought you through you are now taking it to a level of, well, I'm just going to say I need to go sit in the bathtub because I want to. I don't want to deal with this. That's not self-care. That is you wanting to do what makes you happy. Now, For the moment. Yes. Please don't mishear me. We all need respite and we need clarity and we need to take those moments for ourselves. But I caution women who seek my counsel on these things, to be very careful hearing what the Lord is telling you to do to take better care of yourself and better care of your family or your job or whatever that looks like and what the world is telling you. Mm -hmm. Because the world will tell you a very different message than what the Lord and what His Word are going to tell you. It does tell you to fear not. And the, the biggest struggle that I had early on in my faith walk with anxiety was You know, Matt and James have talked a lot. If you are a a frequent listener, you hear them talk a lot about being Baptist. It is a commonality in the Baptist church that people want to hear your salvation story. When did you get saved? And for the longest time, I would look at Matt because they ask me all the time. I would look at Matt and and think, oh, no, maybe I wasn't saved (laughs) because I don't have a moment. Like, I don't have that part of my story. So then I would start to question, "Uh uh-oh. So that's how the anxiety works for me. The thoughts start spiraling. I'm like, oh no, I haven't been saved then because I don't have this moment. And now that I think of it, when I think about the fruit of the Spirit, I must not have the Holy Spirit in me because I definitely lack self-control and all of these other things. And the thoughts start tumbling and tumbling and tumbling. And it's really easy to go down that rabbit hole. So the reason why I say that is because when I said you cannot pray away anxiety, that does not mean you should not have a crazy, super strong, open conversation with the Lord who loves you 
all the time. When I say I control my anxiety because I'm anxious all the time, I have had to cry out to the Lord multiple times every single day of my life. Lord, please help me order this day. Please help me get through this next moment. Please help me understand and discern what is of you and what is not of you. Because not only do we have a powerful adversary that wants to rip us apart, Mm -hmm. hates every part of us, we who are seeking Christ, but we also have all of the worldly views that are also not of God, but of this world that are not healthy for us. So especially when we are in a vulnerable spot of seeking mental wellness, we cannot properly discern on our own what is good for us and what is being used for our good and what is being used for our destruction. So, so much of having that constant anxiety, you will not pray it away, but you should sure try. <laughs> well, whenever, so there's two times in my life where I where I really feel like I've defeated the devil. One is if I go into Target and I walk out having purchased nothing because what I went in for wasn't there. When I walk out of Target without anything, I'm like, whoa, I just conquered the world because I had really good self-control. Yes. Then, and the other time that I feel like I have really conquered evil is when I'm coming back down or up or however you'd want to describe it from from a really vicious panic attack or just really dark thoughts. When I feel like I'm coming out of that, I feel like, there you go, devil. You didn't get me this time. Yes. I won. Now I have, a li- I have a little like, because I'm older than you, I have a little nugget or a little sliver of maybe something for you to look forward to. Um, like I had mentioned, I I started looking into some other different possibilities of what was still kind of lingering in my mind and started treatment for some different aspects of ADHD. And I started last year on Christmas, during my Christmas break, um, a different, an additional medication. And I went to the hardware store in town to get my son's Christmas present. He wanted a Dremel. And so I walked into the hardware store and I found the aisle with the Dremels and I, I just picked one off the shelf with not even like overthinking it for 179 minutes. I'm like, oh, this looks like a good Dremel. I'm just going to take this one instead of putting it down, bring it, you know, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And I had this Dremel in my hands and I s- was standing in the aisle of Ace Hardware and I just all of a sudden felt peace and this calm that I have honest and true, even in the best days of my life before, had never felt. There weren't other things going on in there. There was just this calm and peace. And I'm like, oh my goodness, is this what like a healthy brain Right. This is what like. typically functioning people experience all day, I, every day. <laughs> and they had, you know, the Christmas music playing because it was like Christmas Eve. And I was like, I was crying happy tears, not over the Dremel, but the fact that I just had this moment 
And so much of the hard work that I had put into just getting to that that moment, it's like, wow, that it really was life changing. And it's really continued to help me um, kind of springboard into a whole whole other category of helpfulness to others or or whatnot. So just a little nugget. We uh, it's out there. Those that that moment of peace. And I can't wait to hear what your Ace Hardware Dremel story is someday. <laughs> yes, someday I hope to experience. And I've had I've had moments that I have experienced peace, the peace of Christ, that I have experienced true joy and happiness and have not been consumed by my anxiety. That's part of why I I do have it so readily accessible all day, every day, is so that I I can access it and use it for good. I think for me, those moments where you said you feel like you have conquered evil when you walk out of Target with nothing, that is a victory. I think it's a victory when I don't treat myself to a coffee because I had to interact with people. <laughs> like just because you spoke to someone who doesn't live in your house does not mean you need to treat yourself. That is that is what most people can do regularly without freaking out. Um, for me, the biggest victory, my when I look back over my struggles with anxiety and I've been able to pinpoint those high moments where I'm like, man, I... I got one. I got one over on you, not by myself with lots of help, but put it in the W column is part of the way that I manifest my anxiety is that everybody's going to die. I go to the dark side of the moon that I like to call it. I have to go to worst case scenario. I think Matt mentioned that in the episode that he recorded with James about this. I need to go to the worst possible scenario and back myself out to the likely reality. (laughs) So everybody's dying all the time. And the first time that I felt like I really had a win was when I had that thought and it that I'm going to die, but it wasn't coupled with I'm going to die and I am not going to go to heaven because I haven't truly accepted Christ as my savior, but I have just pretended to because it's what I've been taught to do my entire life. And that's the answer that I should give. Matt usually calls it, that's the Sunday school answer is, mm-hmm. yes, Jesus is in my heart. My deepest, darkest fear for many years was that I was going to die because germs are my trigger friends. Remember, that's what gets me going is I'm going to get germs and I'm going to die. But as I had grown into my anxiety and grown in my faith life, it became apparent to me that my real fear was not that I was going to die. My real fear was that I was going to die and I was not going to go to heaven. I knew that I had experienced a win, that I had found the right medications for me, that I had worked on the right coping techniques, that the love of my life was the exact support that I needed to walk alongside me in this journey. When I had that thought of, I'm going to die, this is going to be the germ that kills me, but I'm going to heaven. That was my win, was I no longer had the emotional reaction, the fight or flight response to the situation in front of me, coupled with the deep, dark fear that I am not going to see the face of my Savior. I had finally got to a position where I was able to say, you know what, something is going to kill me someday. And when that day comes, 
I know where I'm going with full assurance. And that was my big win. So not treating myself to coffee for being a typically functioning adult and knowing that I'm going to heaven. <laughs> well, but on that <laughs> seems note, reasonable. <laughs> with all the people, because there is such a huge fan base, of course, that have are going to be listening to this, you can now treat yourself to a lot of coffee. And I am probably going to take myself out to Lawless after this. So yeah, we deserve at least at least one big cup of joe today. Yes. Uh, even though caffeine is contraindicated if you suffer from anxiety, just be aware that um, it's okay to treat yourself to it yeah. as long as you're in a good mental space with your anxiety. <laughs> your doctors will tell you not to have caffeine. Get a decaf if you're not yeah. feeling good. <laughs> Our husbands are never going to give us the microphone again. I think it's going to be the exact opposite. I think they're going to request a spinoff series, not The Worst Wives, where they're just going to fully relinquish the mics to I us. I guess we'll have to see what the future. fans say. That <laughs> <laughs> yes, Facebook poll is coming in yeah. the future. How is this working? You want us to wrap up? Is that what you're I saying? I think we're Let's done. Wrap this up. Yeah, we're they're good. both yeah. interrupting all of us. Hey, Michelle, thanks for talking with yeah, me no, and for being so, so vulnerable and sharing so much, not just with me, but with the multitude of listeners who are well, there there's so much more to say but yeah thanks for sharing also like you it's odd that now we both I mean we both have similar yet different stories and we've both been in dark spots that we never knew you know we we've known of each other for quite right. some time but now we like know even just how much more we share I have to say, I'm not surprised, given that the partners we have chosen to share life with somehow are so compatible and enjoy each other so much, even in their own weirdness and bizarre oddities and how they interact that seems definitely like not the worst might <laughs> even be a stretch. <laughs> They've just really connected. So I can't really say that I'm surprised that you and I have some similar stories and I look forward to our future yeah. connections. Matt's going to edit all this out. And that, I, yeah, I think Chad, he's going to edit yeah. all of it out. I, so. Well, James, there we have it. Three weeks. Oof. Brittany and Michelle discussing just a little bit of their journey and so much more could have been said. I totally agree. So much more. I mean, you and I live with these, well, with well, with each of them, I guess, <laughs> with these women who are so stellar in their own ways. I know that from the feedback that we've gotten already, that there's a question of like, how is it that, but you function so well, or like, you know, it's mm -hmm. stuff that Britain, that they both answered along the way, but they, but people on the outside still kind of have questions. Yeah. And so, there's no way to fully answer all of them, but well, this is a step. Yeah. And one of the things we, we have, since we've been processing it is, that's have kind of a reaction show uh, where, you know, you and I have been talking about what they are, have done is such a brave thing. And, you know, Michelle and Brittany, I don't think us to have thanked them enough for being willing to do this. And Brittany has told me how <clears throat> it has been such a great step in her journey for her to be able to process this and talk it through with Michelle. And so part of that is, you and I have talked about now the next step is 
for those who struggle with anxiety or depression or a mental illness, we have said now we need to do a show where we say, all right, hand it over to the person in your life who loves you, who cares for you. And James and I, we need to talk to them and say, here's how you care yeah. and love for that person. Yeah, I think that I think you are absolutely right about that. Because, uh, okay, I, I did have somebody ask the question of, well, what can we do to help? Like that, mm. that kind of phrasing. And that, I don't know if that's the right question or not, but it's an honest response. So I guess we, you know, we, we, we address that, but what do we do? What do we do to help? What, how do we, how do we respond? Um, again, I think though that the ladies talked about that a little yep. bit. They, they mm-hmm. just want to be loved and walked through with life. I mean, just join them on the journey, be with them in the dark times, help them through that and, you know, be excited for them in the, in the good times. I mean, just experience life together. Isn't that really what it is? Cause yeah. we can't solve them. They're not, that's not a, exactly. they're not a puzzle yeah. to be solved. But I also know Brittany, I don't know if Michelle has echoed this, but Brittany has, you know, had people reach out to her. I know Michelle has had people reach out to her thanking them and, and really saying how it has really affected them by them being open. And so we've even talked about, yes, there is no quote unquote fixing that they, right. they've already talked about this. However, now that we've had these three shows there's been other, maybe not questions, but just some some more things I think Brittany and Michelle have now thought, oh, we should have talked about this. Or, so I think right. kind of a post show from them as well saying, thank you. We've heard what you've all said. We appreciate it. Here's a few more things that we wanted to say that we couldn't. Yeah. I mean, that's not, I mean, I, I'm, I'm open to whatever. Yeah. But I think the other thing is what we've discovered is that those uh, Brittany and Michelle, they they worked well together in, mm-hmm. ta- in their conversation. They spoke clearly. They whatever they said resonated with some listeners, and it could be just that they talk about another topic altogether. But mental health will always kind of creep in because it's so much a part of their lives. Yeah. It'll just become a part of what they talk about, and that could be helpful for those who who struggle too, because then they'll kind of see. Well, this is how they process when they're not talking about the illness itself, <laughs> this is how they deal with it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, you know, the, the <clears throat> excuse me, the first show was by far our most listened show mm-hmm. uh, on the podcast. So brava ladies, brava. Mm-hmm. If you've ever seen Adam's family, uh, but I am just so proud of them. And so Michelle and Brittany, we can't thank you enough for being willing to do this. I know, <laughs> Sometimes both of you probably feel voluntold. <laughs> and I know here, both of you, I think you knew you didn't have to do this and you did. And the people you helped through this. So thank you. But honestly, Matt, I think it, they do that because they, they trusted us with this. Like that we asked them to do something that we thought was both good for them mm-hmm. and good for other people to hear. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I believe that I, that's, that was my intent. I mean, I'm sure that we, we didn't actually discuss that, did no. we? But I just think like that's everything else. just like <laughs> everything else. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we love these ladies and we're glad that they were able to share. So yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, um, I, I think that's, that's, that's 
probably enough for a, yeah. a little bit of a recap. Yeah, and they did all the talking, <laughs> and we don't need to say anything else other than thank you and um, you know, we'll stay tuned next week. We got some, I think, some exciting topics coming up for y'all. Okay. Also, we got our daily Lent devotional starting up tomorrow, right? Ash Wednesday. Yep. So, and you can actually find those. This is exciting. James, this is exciting at notthewurstpastors.org. It's our new website. You can check it out. And there's another pretty big surprise on there as well that maybe has to do with the lame logo that I created originally. Oh, yeah. The lame logo. The brilliant logo. Now we have a brilliant logo. (laughs) So that's going to be released next or tomorrow as well. Yep. So there's some opportunity to purchase some some items as well, I, I think. I think it, we've had, yeah, I mean, it, some giveaways as well with the new logo, some shirts and hats and hoodies and stuff. So mm-hmm. that's exciting. <laughs> I mean, maybe it's not exciting to some of you. Like, I would never wear that. And It's not the worst gear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, well, thank you, everybody, for yeah. for listening. And we will... We hope that you join us again for the next episodes of Not the Worst Pastors podcast. This is James Gomez alongside my partner in crime here, Matt Coyne, Not the Worst Pastors. <laughs>